Blog Talk Radio. Where we at? 
Let me make sure we get it. We got it going. Yeah, it's not. It's not recording on. Oh, I know why. Mm. Yeah, it's not on. It's not on public. Let me. <laughs> it's on private. I got. I got it though. Matter of fact, it don't mean we. You know what? I can just start it. I can start it back. Let me see. Let me see. Put it on public. There we go. It's on public. And just publish. And we should be going live now. And go back to the the events here. I don't like to hesitate myself, but hold on. Just give give me a bear with me for one moment, everyone. I'm gonna get this live and jumping properly. And get thanks for your patience. Favorite adjective is when stress, sit, and rest. So 
instead, you know, that when that darkness sets or whatnot starts to rise, you know, to the head rest, it's always good to sit and rest the head for a while and take in a couple of deep meditative breaths and allow that, that space-time to, you know, not really activate as stress and allow ourselves to calm down, cool down, and, you know, marinate the truth and the essence of ourselves. So we're going to go through the inner smile meditation for one brief moment or for a few minutes. And, um, you know, because like I said, I was feeling a little stressed. It's, it's uh, like one on in life in general, and we do have the human qualities that we are, um, as far as the animalistic nature is, we, that we do need to conquer. And the brother going to bring in some light in a few minutes. So the inner smile, basically, we just uh, first just settle ourselves. You know, if we're men, again, if we're men, and you're sitting in the chair, have your testicles um, on the edge of the chair so the energy will not be blocked. So no blockages. No stops, no blockages. Uh, so the and women, your feet should be at a forty-five degree angle, like shaped like a V, due to the way your your energy flows. So your feet going in a forty-five degree angle, in the same uh, format as your as your energy procreation vessel. And then men, we should have our feet and our legs at a ninety degree angle, just like the Ramsey pose or the um, the monument, the Lincoln Monument, hands on our knees, knees at 45-degree angle, legs at a 45-degree angle, and, again, the testicles should hang from the edge of the chair. Sit comfortably, shoulders relaxed, chest sunk in, a touch, the lower back or the coccyx um, sunk in as well, so going forward. And then when we breathe in our first initial breath, just breathe in a smile, find a, locate a, a reference point of happiness in your life and keep that as your reference point. Breathing in that reference point and then exhale. So when we in heaven, we inhale, we in heaven, breathe in, see that smile. You can put a smile at the corner of your mouth if, if you must. You see that smile, whatever that reference point is. And then from there, oh, brother, so you can mute. You can mute it uh, if you want. You see how to mute it. Okay, so we um, breathe in, breathe in once again, and smile, get that reference point going through. And now we're going to breathe into the frontal lobes, the left and right lobes. And we're going to smile to those areas. And then we're going to breathe in again to the hypothalamus area. Smile into that area. Then we'll breathe into the thalamus. That's right below. That's the third ventricle area. That's where the first eye is, or what we would call the Ra, the Aharu. When they are located on the back of the dollar bill somewhere. We all know that that's the Aharu. 
So we breathe into that area. Now we breathe into the pond. It's connected right below the third ventricle, the thalamus gland. We smile to that. That's the R, com- the R complex, the, rece- the, um, the reptilian brain. Breathing that smile to that. And then breathing to the medulla omnigata located on the back of the head. The mouth of God. The Akashic records are located there. So breathe in and smile there. Good smiling energy. Now breathe down the spine. And you can imagine whatever color that fits. I'm not going to indoctrinate you with any set color. It could be any color. All the colors of the rainbow. All the colors of the spectrum. Smile down the spine with that loving intent. Then smile back up towards the pines and into the pineal gland region. First eye. Now smile to the pituitary gland. Take a deep breath. And smile to the parathyroid and the thyroid glands and located in the throat. Now smile to the thalamus gland located in the center of the chest. Take another deep breath. Smile towards the solar plexus. Now smile to the pancreas located on the left-hand side, right in front of the spleen and behind the stomach and above the stomach as well. Smile to the gallbladder. Located on the right-hand side, right above the liver. And then now we smile to the prostate gland and to the testicles. Women smile to the uterus and the ovaries. All right. That was basically all the melanated centers of the chakras, the wheels of fire. Now, a smile to the heart. Locate the heart. See the color red. And see the negative emotion of hate. Let's transform that negative emotion of hate to love. Breathe in, and we're going to exhale out hot, the hot sound. So we breathe in the negative emotion of hate and exhale out putting in that positive emotion, a high vibration of love into the heart. Once again, transform that negative emotion of hate to love, see the color red, and breathe out. Tongue is at the roof of the mouth behind the cheeks, staying relaxed in the shoulders. Now locate the lungs, see the color white, Get that smiling energy again, that reference point. We're going to change the, the, um, the emotion, the negative emotion of grief, of sadness, into happiness. So see grief, see the color white, and the sound is, so we'll breathe out. By transforming that negative emotion of sadness to happiness. Once again, breathe into the lungs. Tongue at the roof of the mouth and just breathe out. The liver on the right hand side, the color is green. The negative emotion is anger. We're going to transform that anger 
into acceptance. And the sound is So we breathe in, color green, change that anger to acceptance and breathe out. Once again, that anger to acceptance. Being color green, filled with lungs. Now we locate the kidneys. Kidneys are the small of the back. The color is black. The negative emotion is fear. Transform that negative emotion to courage. The sound is shaway. So we push that, that fear away, all right? So breathe in. And we exhale out with the color black attached. Shaway. Once again, breathe in. Sway. Now we locate the spleen. The negative emotion of the spleen is worry. We transform that worry into patience and wisdom. The color is yellow. The sound is like wind blowing. So we breathe in. See the color yellow? That's the spleen area. And we're going to exhale out negative emotion of worrying it and transform it to patience and wisdom, to color yellow attached. Breathe in. Patience and wisdom. Once again. Now we're going to combine all the colors, red for the heart, white for the lungs, green for the liver, black for the kidneys, and yellow for the spleen. We're going to combine all of those colors together, spin them, spin them in a fine little circle, a ball, make them into a ball, and locate, relocate that ball one inch to an inch below your belly button and place it there while it's spiraling. You can actually rotate your body or drive your body left to right, right or left, however you feel. But basically, men, we would go clockwise, women, counterclockwise, and let that energy circulate there at that area one inch to an inch, one inch, one inch to a one inch and a half below your belly button. All those colors, red, white, green, yellow, and black. All right. So that that's uh basically that that's the inner smile meditation, but it's coming from a very fast paced um, type of uh, scenario. I'm, I'm doing it kind of fast. If you want to really check it out, Montakia has a book on called Transforming the Negative Emotions by way of the inner smile meditation, and uh, it's pretty powerful. One of the first meditations I got involved with. It's a it's good for health, but it's also good for settling the mind. It's basically what you're doing is, is you're purging out impurities inside of those inside of your endocrine system by put, placing this is ancient, so it's not something it's not a modality that was just discovered like last year or something. This is thousands of years of uh, practice and also, you know, it's, it's been uh, done and utilized 
by you know our ancestors for you know in every lineage for eons. All right, so um, it's a good exercise for your endocrine system. Like I said, you're breathing in to your diaphragm and purging out certain things. A good detox is also good to settle your mind by having that smile. And when we smile, we all it's always healthy, you know. All right. Once again, I want to give thanks um, to Brother Sufi for stopping by. He is a good brother. He has a great deal of information he's about to share with us on on uh, basically the esoteric values of Sufism. Like I said earlier, there's been a lot of miseducation on on what Sufism is and how it, it um, flows in this reality. Uh, some of us, as a more, some of us may not know that um, the National Moorish Divine Movement is based on, the, you know, as far as the foundation is based on the teachings of Sufism uh, by way of uh, Noble Drew Ali or Nabi uh, Sheikh Sharif Abdul Ali, who was... Um, who actually went to Egypt at the age of 16 and, and went to a school over there, basically, and learned under some of the neophytes of um, Jamal al-Din al-Afghani, um, as well as Muhammad Abdul, who were both uh, Muslim, Muslim politicians as well as um, Sufi scholars and teachers. So they, in essence, um, Afghani was the teacher of um, Noble Drew Ali's parents, Eliza Turner or Eliza Tunica Bay and John Drew um, Kitman. And they were initiated into the order of um, the Brotherhood of Purity or the Brotherhood of Light by way of Al-Afghani. So when uh, Drew, Noble Drew Ali was was uh, growing up in North Carolina, he he learned a great deal of information about his heritage and his lineage by way of uh, of, of that faction of that uh, of, of Sufism, and as well as Islam, true Islam, and that's how he founded his first temples, as as well as the Moorish Holy Science Temple of America and the Moorish Science Temple of America to uh, to the brother. Jamal Al Din Al Afghani, as well as as well as um, Muhammad Abdul, for bringing that that information over here to disseminate that information to the Moors, so that we would have a connection to our ancestral and cultural lineage, so that we would not forget who we are and where we come from. You know, they say, you know, you gotta look look back to see where we come from, and don't burn the bridges that you cross, because sometimes. That may be what we need to look at in order to know where we're going in the future. Good thanks. So, Brother Sufi, he's going to come in and he's going to, I'm going to ask him a few questions, but first and foremost, uh, give a loud round of applause for the brother for stopping in. Good thanks. All right. <laughs> but, uh, Brother Sufi, if you are there, I would like you to come on in and introduce yourself and let the people know who you are and everything. And you know, let's get it. Let's get this, this ball of rolling. Get the ball. Get it bouncing. You know what I'm saying? Let us there. Let us there. 
Many of the safety people are called for the two with the entire market. Six two feet, elevate to a D to a D and Wild Lake Salam, Wild Lake Salam to you as well, brother. Um, this a question. Give I guess a brief history uh, of yourself and everything, and let everyone know. Um, you know, brief bow. This is this has been a very very beautiful walk. Like uh, Tyler Bali has an album called "The Beautiful Struggle," and it seems like the struggle to get to arrive. With Allah, has been very beautiful. We started. You can see YouTube, brother, as well. Um, and my call, my callback number is uh three three six two five four seven four one eight. If anyone would like that information, please uh you know call me. And also my um, email address is. 12 density productions at yahoo.com. That's T W E L F T H D E N S I T Y P R O D U S T I O N S at yahoo.com. I know that was the alphabet right there, at least better. But hey, okay, so I'm, yeah, I'm trying to tell you what he was just mentioning about the, the lineage and the order that was uh, started. But yes, it's very powerful. I've uh, I've witnessed some of the mystical experiences of the past few days, and I'm not gonna go into it like to talk about right now. Yet still, um, just from my own experience, um, yes, it, he's uh, right on point. Everything that uh, you can imagine will start to manifest on both levels, you know what I'm saying, as far as uh, destroying some of the aspects of the lower self and building that bridge towards um, a more uh, pristine and, and keen awareness and consciousness of the higher states of, of being. Um, so we're going to go into some questions and answers with Brother Susie here. First of all, you know, we're dealing with Sufism. As again, the title of this is Sufism: The Path to Pure Truth, because there's a lot of um, a lot of different means of breaking down what Islam is, and then you know, as far as Muslim people call, I, I mean, you know, yeah, we're going to talk about that as well, because you know, a person that practices Islam is, is a Muslim, so that's one of peace. Muslim means one of peace, so practicing Islam would be a Muslim. There's no religion or set religion called Muslim. I've heard people say that. Um, you know, you're a, you practice Muslim. I'm like, what is oh, but uh, at any rate, you know, so uh, the first question right, right. is what is, um, what is the difference between Orthodox Islam and mystical Sufism? This is a very good question. Uh, the difference between Orthodox Islam and the Sufism is the intention of the practitioner. The outward form of Sufism is the outward form of Orthodox Islam, but it's the intention of the practitioner that makes all the difference in the world. 
the intention of Islam is to inhabit that is actually nothing but a temporary place or a state of consciousness anyway. So the Sufi, Sheikh Abdul Qadilani says, the Sufi path is only two steps. Sheikh Abdul Qadilani says the Sufi path is two steps. He says it's a step out of the physical world and the spiritual world. And he says into the divine light of Allah. So for in our order, we say that heaven is Hell for a Sufi. Heaven is hell for a Sufi. Because the Sufi is seeking the creator of heaven, and that is Allah. So if the Sufi leaves the body and goes to heaven, he's like, damn, another place. The Sufi says, I want to transcend the seven levels of heaven and go into my heart and reach oneness with Allah. Life returns back to life and not consciousness. That's what you mm. Hey, if you take notes, mm. I, I had to get my notebook out right there. <laughs> so actually, yeah, I'm taking notes, and if you if you watch, please get a notebook and, and pen out and, and jot down this information. He's bringing. So intent is is the difference between Orthodox Islam and mystical Sufism. Yeah, that's the main difference, the intention of the practitioner. And then we have some doctrinal. Some of the doctrines are different. Like one of the doctrines, the main difference is the uh, Orthodox Muslims, they say that Allah is in the sky somewhere on his chair, on his throne, say Allah is in the heart, and that the heart is the throne of Allah. And that's exactly what Noah Ali said when he asked the question, where is the closest place to meet Allah? And the answer was, the closest place to meet Allah is in the heart. So the Allah that the Sufis worship is not some mystery God in the sky somewhere. I don't know, as Muhammad said, we looked for that mystery God and we could not find him. So Allah that we worship is a light that manifests in the heart of the believer, and it's not a being that should be looked for outside of the self. True alchemy. Um, so, so like with those misconceptions with, uh, with a lot of the, the Orthodox Islam where they say, you know, as far as women are concerned, they subjugate the woman, place them to the rear, and then um, as far as like the jihad, war, the struggle, and and whatnot, a lot of a lot of um, a, a majority of people feel that there's a struggle outside of the self that we we have to we're battling some uh, external force. So we go in, you know, as far as what media is concerned, they go in, they saying all these uh, factions of of, of uh, Islam, they they're out here they're like ISIS or whatever. Um, these strapped on bombs blowing up people and then we get all scared and stuff and we have a, a bad taste in our mouth, a sour taste in our mouth about what Islam is and not seeing the true representation of what it is. Basically, like what you're saying, it's the intent of heart and 
and the intent of that individual way to do itself in their walk to meet God. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And to perspective, there's no more out of jihad. I'm saying, the Bible said there's no more out of jihad. You see, these Muslims in the far east jihad, they're lying. They're doing pilot oil. There's no more jihad in Islam. Uh, jihad was to fight in defense of Islam, not in defense of politics and oil mines or poppy fields. Ashik mm-hmm. says there's no more honor jihad. The only jihad is the war against the Lord's self. And the Lord's self has four enemies, which are Mash, Power, Dunya, and Shaitan. The Mash is the Lord's self. The Dunya is materialism, as a desire. And Shaitan is running for president. I mean, Shaitan is the devil. So the Shaykh gives you the enemy and tells you what weapons to, the, to conquer each of the four enemies of the internal war, external jihad that some of the Muslims are proclaiming to, to have. Okay, thanks. And that makes a lot of sense. That makes more than that makes more than uh, enough sense right there. Um next question that I have is um why is it that when an individual way to do here's the word Sufi, they automatically associated with Islam? Because uh imagine somebody and they pat me hung, oh man, he pat me hung, oh man, he pat me hung. But they say, but I ain't no Buddhist. What? You said, oh man, he pat me hung, you ain't no Buddhist? That's one of the Buddhist prayers. You meet some person in Starbucks, they got the Shiva necklace on, and they said, oh man, my Shibaya, oh man, my Shibaya, oh man, my Shibaya. And then they say, I ain't no Hindu. He ain't no Hindu. You got the Shiva necklace on, and you say you're doing the Shiva mantra, but you ain't no Hindu. Of Sufism are rooted in Islam, but the esoteric principles of Sufism are the coming of Islam in Mecca and Muhammad, because these esoteric principles existed from the beginning of time, and instead uh, Islam has no birth record. So the Islam people got it twisted. Islam does not start with the Prophet Muhammad coming. Of the Holy Quran in Mecca. Islam started with the first creation of the sun, moon, and stars. The universe practices Islam. Islam is not a religion. Islam is a way of life that brings peace. And we see the nine planets, the seasons, and everything rotates in the state of peace and harmony. And in ancient Kemet, that peace and harmony was called Ma'at, or the divine law of the balance. So you say, that Islam is my art, and my art is Islam, and it's an ancient system that was here before the creation of the sun and stars. Mm. Thanks, yes. The rabbit hole gets pretty deep. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And when it's up, that's what I reckon to say it, because if I don't say it, my shakes in Africa will ask me why I didn't say this. Africa says, the Arabs messed up Islam. 
And not only Islam, they say the Arabs messed up our Islam. Again, the Arabs messed up our Islam with saying that Islam came from Africa. We call them Saudi Arabia. Do you know that that peninsula where the holy city of Mecca is, when the Prophet Muhammad people come over here, that was not called Saudi Arabia. That was East Africa across the Suez Canal from Sudan. So uh, the holy city of Mecca is across from the Sudan, and when the Prophet Muhammad was there, peace be upon him, it was not called Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is a new name that it was given. The, the name, so the name is that's the new name that the Arabs you said you speak on today that gave him that name. Yes, yes, yes. Learning something tonight. That's taste. I have a question. Um, are you still on? This is this is not pertaining to the uh, topic. Are you still on uh, the G? I mean, uh, yeah, Google Google Hangouts. I think so. Are you talking through Google Hangouts? You didn't call in the blog talk. No, I'm talking to the computer. I didn't even call in. Well, I guess it's still the same, though. It's, yeah, it's, it's good. Cause, um, if anyone on the blog is there, say again. Can, you, uh, can the listeners hear? Is, it, is the sign okay? Can the listeners hear me? That's what I was going to ask. If anyone is having any problems, um, please, or if you hear, if there's any echoes or anything, could anyone, yeah, does anybody raise a hand and, and uh, give us some clarity on that so we can make sure that the brother is getting, is coming through properly and no feedback and everything. It doesn't matter who, um, you can just raise your hand. And I'll plug you in. I think you press one, press one to raise your hand. I think everything's good though. I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. You know, so if I can hear you, you, you may want to still call in on your phone. Call that number. The guest call in. Okay. It doesn't look. It looks as if everyone is uh, satisfied. That's that's peace. So I'm gonna go ahead to the next question. Uh, the next question is: What is your definitive in the comparison of dogmatic religions and the mystical route of Sufism? What we're dealing with is the outer form. You have the mainstream practitioners and you have the esoteric form. I think that's the echo from my phone. Yeah, you're right. Is it good now? It sounds like it's uh, cleared up. So... You're dealing with the mainstream practitioners and the esoteric practitioners. If you look at uh, the history of spirituality and religion, the esoteric
like you were saying, drinking light, like you again, not the Bud Light, but this goes into what I practice as far as in um, meditation, Qigong, Tai Chi. It's a saying in, in Tibet with the Shaolin monks, they say um, they eat rice and sip on heavenly dew. So, like, they sit next to the, to the spring and they just breathe them in. They're eating the rice, and after, you know, a couple of hours of uh, after they have ate and digested the food properly, they go meditate and sip on the heavenly dew and, and bring in, the, you know, the essence of the negative ions and uh build more light within. And, uh, that that goes right into what you were just saying, because we do need, that's in order for us to bridge, that, that is the bridge, basically, that light is the bridge to our higher states of consciousness. And that, that um, it makes a lot of sense how you just, how you broke it down in that manner. So, um, foundational practice of mystical Sufism if I'm not mistaken, is purifying the soul. If that, you, like you said, if you, if you could ball it up into one uh, conclusive type of uh, answer, or one, you know, that it would be to um, purify the soul and, and by way of building more light. Because the goal of the Sufi is union with Allah on the plane of the soul and the spirit. This union in Arabic is called Wusul. Wusul with Allah is the union of the Ka and the Ba in the kinetic system. It's the union of the national and the rule in Arabic. And it's represented by the Ka, Ba, and Mecca, showing the union of the soul and the spirit. And we learned that the soul is feminine and the spirit is masculine. So the Prophet Muhammad went so far as to say that marriage is half of Islam. When Prophet is saying marriage and passage is Islam, yes, he's talking about the outer marriage, but he's also talking about the inner marriage of the individual soul, which is masculine, and the individual soul, which is feminine, marrying the individual uh, spirit, which is masculine. And it's the same principle of the yin and yang or the balance and Taoism between the two principles inside of man. Beautiful. Turn it up. Turn it up. Yeah, we, we gotta get these. We gotta get it. Um, get everything. I guess you know you already know. Get all all those pieces together, like you're, you're speaking on on the um on that path as far as um Sufism. So I mean, because there's no set. You are, you know, there's no set way. Of thought, like in Taoism, Taoism being the, or Tao meaning the way or the path to the ultimate truth, and and when we are looking for uh, the ultimate truth, we have to, I guess, notice that, you know, I can't say, you know how how people say they say, look, if you don't do it this way, then you ain't doing it the right way. That's when you know I, I always when I hear somebody say, if it's not like this, then it ain't right. I turn around like, okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the do it my way then, because you just told me I'm doing it wrong because I'm not doing it. The, the, you know what I'm saying? So I I, I have an understanding understand understanding that like Sufism is based on the same principles of like Taoism, where the way or the path is not going to be instructed on on the premises of a dogmatic or indoctrination or of some type of set. Yeah. 
Sufism is a formless. Sufism is a formless. Because listen, uh, Sufism exists. It says that in the beginning, Sufism was a practice without a name. So it was a name without a practice. So when the Muhammad was here, people found they practiced Sufism, but they didn't have a name for it. It was just a practice of Islam. And now you have Johnny come lately, Sufis, saying that Sufis or pseudo Sufis, and this guy might have a PhD from Harvard, a PhD from Yale, and he's saying he's a Sufi, and he never sat with one shake in his life. He just sat with the library shake. Right. And Sufis, and they say everybody wants a shake, because if that shake can't tell your ass to do nothing. <laughs> you just want to read the books of the great shakes of the past, sit with the lid. So a Sufi is somebody who sat with somebody, who sat with somebody, who sat with somebody, who has a lineage that goes all the way back to the Prophet Muhammad, people born. And it just so happens that the lineage of our order, any lineage on the planet Earth, because the Prophet Muhammad, I don't want to bust no Muslim blood, but don't want to call him in his name while he's reading but the Prophet Muhammad peace and used to come in Africa and talk to our shape. Just like I'm talking to you. Pussy, that the Prophet Muhammad who was buried in Medina used to come and sit in the holy city of Cuba and talk to our shape, Sheikh Amadabama. So our lineage goes from the disciples to the Sheikh, Sheikh Amadabama to the Prophet Muhammad without any intermediaries between Sheikh Amadabama and the Prophet. So it makes the lineage strong in our order. Indeed, reiterate on, on that uh, the formless form, and it, it, it's no coincidence that Tai Chi Chuan is called the form without a form. And the reason mm-hmm. I say that is due to the fact that you know, the one of the um one of the old uh, stories that I, I I heard from my sister is that when because uh, he's a Taoist, he, he uh with he stated is that when they disseminated the information to the, I guess the individual that was on, that was in Tibet on the, in the Himalayan mountains, that it was an order of brothers that came from Africa that was called the Books of Light, and they, mm. they they gave them the information, and then just as soon as they got there, they disappeared. They this that they were no they were no longer there. This was just like that, a blink of an eye. But they developed Taoism out of the information that these brothers from Africa and the diaspora had gave, given to those individuals that was on, on that mountain. And, you know, then outside of that was, came Wu Chi, the void or whatever, emptiness, and then Tai Chi was developed, the yin and yang. But they, they speak that they say that Tai Chi is the form without form. It's the formless form. And see, I've been with our master, the Sheikh, for 20 years. It's 20 years to become a Sheikh in our order. And in teaching the disciples and the people that I'm working with, there was a stumbling block and an issue in the pathway. Sufism and the patriarchal that's ascending. Sufism is a spiraling circle. The pathway is 
cyclists and circles that's ascending. But the Western mind is used to having a linear path. Step two, step three, step four, step five, step six, and I reach my goal of step seven. The Western and the European thinking says that the pathway between A and B must be a linear line. But a linear path is a path that goes in circles, and it's an ascending path. So I had to overcome that barrier of taking an African concept. Now, let me say this. Sufism is like fish. Fish takes the flavor and seasoning of the country that it goes into. The fish in China don't taste like the fish in Korea. The fish in Korea don't taste like the fish in Japan. The fish in Japan don't taste like the fish in Indonesia. The fish in Indonesia don't taste like the fish in Russia. The fish in Russia don't taste like the fish in Kemet. The fish in Kemet don't taste like the fish in Senegal. And the fish in Senegal, they sure don't taste like my mama's fish in Maryland. <laughs> so that's how Sufism is. When Sufism goes into a country, it takes the flavor of that country. So the Sufism that we are practicing has an African flavor because it comes from an African master from West Africa. And out of all the Sufi teams I've seen, that West African fish tastes the best. So the Sufism from our Sheikh Sheikh Abdu'l-Banda is not like the Sufism you will find in other countries because it has a very African nature with it. That's true indeed, and I sense the essence of um of that. So the next question, we get we get through it. that. That was a good answer right there. Um, just making this stuff up, man. Making it up as you go. You just say fake it till you make it, right? <laughs> or fake it until I break it, right? <laughs> yeah, if I wear a child in Kung Fu Gi and hang around the dojo for a while, I'm going to learn some Kung Fu one day. Yep, they're going to accept you into the water. They're like, you've been here for so long, you come in. <laughs> yeah. Endure it. The truth is say, you have a rose garden, one day you'll start to smell like a rose. Yeah, persistence. The next question is from, you know, next question is, what is an adept seeking on the mystical path of Sufism? Mm. I once gave a lecture, and I told the people in the audience, none of you are ready for initiation into our order, because initiation in our order is death. Mm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The prophet Jesus said to have died on the cross. Dying on the cross, the cross represents the number four. The cross is the compass to tell you about north, south, east, and west. The four cardinal points are the cross. So dying on the cross means that you died on the physical plane and you were resurrected and wanted to the lot on the soul and spirit plane. So the Sufi is seeking death. And in Arabic, it's called Fanah. And there's three levels of Fanah. As they say in the Masada school, 
time of this was raised from a dead level to a living perpendicular on the square. Why was he raised from a dead level? Because he had died. He had died on the cross, the physical plane. So the cross also represents the four enemies that we mentioned. Last how doing it say time. You have to defeat those four enemies. Therefore, you have what's called Fanah in Arabic. The goal of the Sufi is three deaths. Fanatu Sheikh, Rasul, and Fanatu Allah. The Prophet Muhammad says, die before you die. The Prophet Muhammad says, die before you die. And the Sufi say, die before you die and become immortal. Die before you die and become immortal. In the Bible, it has that teaching, I die daily. In the Bible, it says, I die daily. These are the deaths of the lower qualities that we might have. If I have greed, that greed has to die. If I have anger, that anger has to die. If I have jealousy and envy, those qualities have to die so that the nine names of Allah that are already latent in me on the plane of the soul can live. Light and darkness cannot occupy the same space. So the qualities of darkness in you have to die so that the qualities of light that are in you can live. If you go to your house, the house is dark. As soon as you turn on the light switch, where is the darkness? Light and dark do not occupy the same space. The human being, because of the fourth dimension, has darkness from their earthly experiences. The darkness must be eradicated or destroyed by the light. So if you ask me what are the principal practices, I would say it's the death of the lower self. The death of your lower qualities and the immaculate conception of the nine ideas of Allah on the plane of the soul inside of your heart. The three deaths we said was Fanafi Sheikh. The first death is you must find a living teacher, a living master. I tell people, you better not go to borders and buy no 36 chamber shotgun sword style. Go to Chinatown and buy a shower and floor. Go home and cut your damn hand off. <laughs> yeah, you can get the mask on Chinatown style. You can go to Chinatown and buy the shower and floor. You can go home and open this up the base again and cut the fucking hand off and go to the hospital. So you must have a living master, even if you have the manual, you need a master. So the Sufi say, find a living shape, not some shape you found his book in the library. I'm just reading his book, and now I'm a Sufi. No, it don't work like that. You got to have a living shape that you study with. And the first death is to become the shape, to die in the shape, but not the shape. After you have experienced extinction or death in your living shape, the next extinction and death will be for not in the Prophet Muhammad, keep your home. So it goes from the disciple into the shaykh, from the shaykh into the light or nur of Prophet Muhammad, keep your phone, and from that light of Muhammad, death in the light of Allah, where none of your human qualities are there with you, and Allah is there. Sheikh Bahamahayadim used to say, when I'm here, Allah is not here. When I'm not here, Allah is here. When Allah is present, I'm not present. When I'm present, Allah is not present. So the death of the lower qualities or the death of the lower self is another main pillar of this pathway. But there's three deaths. Deaths in the shape, 
death and the Rasul and Muhammad, peace be upon him, and death and Allah. And in Arabic, the word death is fana, F-A-N-A. F-A-N-A means extinction. And then in the Holy Quran, it says at the time of death, the eyesight will become clear. At the time of death, the eyesight will become clear, meaning that the eyes that we have are not clear. Just as Neil in the Matrix, when he first got his eyes open, he said to Morpheus, why did my eyes hurt? And Morpheus said to Neil, your eyes are hurting because you never used them before. And this is the pathway to open the inner eye, the eye of the heart, so that you can see the heavenly duties as you travel to Tarikas. Tarikas, that means? Tarikas, I mean, pass off of McDonald's. If you go into McDonald's and you see somebody working there named Javi, you say, Javi, give me the Tarikas, Javi, I need the Tarikas. Oh, my God, I get to have off of your Big Mac. You think, Monica, hello, Esther, I love you all. I'm going to use them next time. Tarika is a nice Arabic word that means cupioid. Tarika means pathway. Tarika means a pathway to the inner circle of Islam. And Tarika also means uh, an order, such as the ancient Kemetic Sufi Tarika Awiyah. And that's a whole other uh, topic offline. True Well, I know I'm going to use that coupon next time I go to the drive through at McDonald's. Type yeah. If you go to that drive-thru and he got a tag on his shirt to say, Javi, Javi, give me the party car. The party car, Muhammad. With love. <laughs> And I could see down the hill, and I'm like, I'm going down. And then 
Bible says feeding people is better than Islam. He said if a man is hungry on the street, he can't not hear your Islam. But he could hear a plate of food or a hamburger or a piece of chicken. So the Sheikh said, feeding people is greater than Islam. Because if you give somebody some food and they're hungry, then they might be able to hear your Islam. But if you go to a starving person who's hungry, who's homeless, and you say, brother, let me tell you about Allah Muhammad. You're going to say, I don't want to hear about Allah Muhammad. Can you get me a sandwich, please? You know what I'm saying? I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Feed me, Seymour. So, the, the truth is not about this there on your feet doing the vicar all day. The vicar and work, as I said, is our way. To do the vicar, remember a lot, but try to have some type of effect on the society that you live in. So, deep. That's just all humanity. True, that that is the great work. That's beautiful how you put that. And so, so acknowledging and building that that uh that gateway and whatnot to Allah would be by working. So as we work, we basically would be performing zikr at the same time to keep it in tune. Uh-huh. Yeah, making the work more effective. Um, but we're gonna, I'm gonna play a, a song real quick, and then we're gonna come back in. This is um, this is the Nagas right here, Dr. Aline, uh, the brother Haru, and the brother Kamos. So it's a reminiscent of Wu Tang. So as the, the good brother Sufi, he likes to put, he says, uh, uh, Wu Tang and Shaolin together. Could be very deadly. How you say, brother? That's it. Could be dangerous. It could be dangerous. So we I'll let you try out on the thirty-six chamber, no doubt. So this this right here is reminiscent of, of that right. So we're gonna put it in the air. Here we go. Peace to the gods. You already know, man. Bohemian wizardry, you fraud them thieves be killing me. The enemy is close, you both lies on our identity. I feel like he who steps, architect like M. Hotel. Son had the son himself, the guard deadly with the art. I fit dark with a slit heart. You can feel it in your bone marrow before the shit starts. Standing in the cold with a scroll that was written in gold. Behold the old glimpse that was never untold. Infinite like the eight, seven dwelling in your melon. No felon, though the unrighteous say that I'm rebellious. I'm primal, my rhyme suicide. I worship no idols. My style, a load of gems going down in a spiral. You stuck in your root. My intelligence passed my cool. The God is the truth. Every time I step in the booth, you stepped on the stoop. Got Scoop the swoop in my loop. Do the knowledge, whack them seeds, get slayed like flu. It was the son of a saw, a gift from the gods. Who rules flying through the sky with golden wings. Submerged into the light, knighted by the golden king with the scepter of justice. Melanin cultivating she until we are Ethereans. Finally becoming one with the righteous sun. So raw, souls are raw. Magnificent glow with unconditional love. Scattered rays for days from the heavens above. So below the souls, just trapped in the lowest depths of hell. Incarnated into 76 trillion cells to break free. We must be refined, masculine and feminine. 
devils to offer confusion. 183,000 divisions and religions. Denomination sets codes, schisms, and isms. Though isn't it written in the Bible that you spoke in parables? The scriptures and gospels aren't just historical. Many passages weren't meant to be taken literal. Most of it is allegorical based on esoteric principles. Baptist versus Methodist. Pentecostal holiness versus Jehovah Witness. Mormons versus Seven Day Advances. Skeptics, atheists, and agnostics. Divine and conflict tactics of the reptilians. Lower fourth dimensional aliens. So beware of the draconian Satanists. Yo, they aim to imprison all true beings through ignorance. So we crush the head of Leviathan. Battle mind control to fill them with suggestions. Brainwashing indoctrinations. Using religious politics, education. Economics, health and labor. Entertainment and war. Yo, sex and law. In this chessboard game called like we've all been pawns. Puppets on strings controlled by demonic spawns. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. It's only fitting, you know, can't, can't run with the devil and walk with God. A lot of what, we, what you bring to the table is uh, clarifying um, basically the destruction of the lower self, the devil, and being able to rise and bring that back to the, to the forefront, the initial the initiation of self from, uh, from the perspective of, of Godhood or, God, or the Godhead. So, you know, I had, to, I had to put that right there in between. You know what I'm saying? That's like, that's, that's a fine. <laughs> that's a fine, right? But uh, we're going to go back and get into the next question. Um, the next question is, why is Sufism referred to as the old religion and as well as the ancient tradition? Oh, you can hear me, right? No, I can't hear you through the computer. Just through the phone. Okay, yeah, that's me. I, my, forget it. Part of so. All right. Oh, everything good? No, everything is not good. Uh-huh. It won't be good. To, it won't be good to you send me a link to that track you just played. I got you. I, I, we're working on the video right now. As, as uh, yeah, man, that's what is banging. Sure, that's what is banging. <laughs> It won't be good if I did that on, on, uh, on my laptop. <laughs> hey, you, you're you this as well. Uh, yeah, I used to be an MC. I, I knew it because uh, I was reading Destruction of the Lord. And you have a, a poem at the beginning of it, I believe, that you, well, I know that you wrote it. Oh, yeah, the Shaolin. Yeah, and that book is the book, Destruction of the Lord. Yeah, I, you know, I was putting it, yeah, okay. <laughs> I was putting to some to a beat when I was reading. I said, "Hold on, nah, that, that's a that's some lyrics right there." So I make I make beats too as well. So it's like I was I was uh. Okay, I can to hear it. You should, yeah, use any of those poems in my book. Oh, you giving me permission? I will. Hey, when I get home Thursday, I'm gonna, <laughs> I appreciate. It. I will definitely do that. I'm definitely. I'll send it straight to you. Let me. Um. The ne- oh, the question is why is Sufism referred to as um, the old religion as well as um, as well as the ancient traditions? 
because um, you know, old Joe and Lee asked the question: Is this a is this an old time religion or a new religion? This is the old time religion. The Sufism is the original Islam that the Prophet Muhammad brought to Islam. But now the Islam that you see is not the original Islam. The Prophet Muhammad Peter Pan went so far to say, Muhammad said, four generations after me, Islam will be gone. This is something to think about. He knew that Arabs was going to mess it up. Prophet Muhammad said, four generations after me, Islam will be gone. Our Sheikh Sheikh Abu Obama said, I'm not bringing a, a Sufi order. Sheikh Obama said, I'm bringing the original Islam that was taught by the Prophet Muhammad, but it looks so different from what people are doing that they think that I'm bringing a Sufi order. I'm just bringing or reestablishing the original Islam that the Prophet Muhammad had taught. And the original Islam that he taught was very esoteric in nature. I'm taking notes. I'm taking writing as we go. As we go. Yeah. The Prophet Muhammad Islam had three teachings. The Prophet Muhammad teaches on Allah gave him three teachings. The first teaching that the Prophet received was the Sharia. The Sharia is the outer law of Islam. Sharia says if you still cut your hand off. So the outer Islam was called the Sharia, and Allah told the Prophet Muhammad, teach this Sharia to everyone. So all the Muslims have the outer form of the Sharia. Then the inner teaching that the Prophet Muhammad had was called Tariqat. Tariqat was a spiritual pathway to go to the center of the circle of Islam. So Allah instructed the Prophet Muhammad, Teach this tariqah, but only teach it to people who have the spiritual aptitude to understand the inner concepts. So the Prophet Muhammad taught Sufism, but he didn't teach it to everybody. He had a group of people that were known as the people of the bench. Outside of the Prophet's mosque, there was like a porch or a bench that the first Sufi lived on. And the Prophet taught these inner doctrines to the people of the bench or the people of the porch who lived at the mosque of the Prophet Muhammad. They received these esoteric teachings. To where at one point, after the Prophet Muhammad left, listen closely to this. Everybody knows Prophet Muhammad's uh, companion, Ali. The Prophet Muhammad had a companion named Ali, and after the Prophet left, the Muslims went to Ali and said, give us some teachings you had from the Prophet Muhammad. Um, Ali said, I have two branches of knowledge from Muhammad. Ali said, if I teach you the first branch of knowledge, you'll say, oh, I'm a good Muslim. But Ali said, if I begin to teach you the first letter of the other branch of knowledge that I got from Muhammad, you will cut my throat and say that I'm a heretic. So what is this other branch of knowledge that Ali said he got from Prophet Muhammad? But he said, if I tell you the first letter, you'll cut my throat and say that I'm a heretic. This is the inner teaching of or Sufism. So that's what we call Tarikat. The third teaching that the Prophet had was Hapikat. But Allah and so the Prophet do not teach the Hapikat or the inner truth of reality to anyone. And Allah says that if a person were to practice the Tarikat, then I, Allah, will teach them the Hapikat directly through their, through their heart. 
And there's a verse in the Quran in the second chapter where it says, Allah is your teacher. Allah is your teacher. So if you have taqwa, it says, remain conscious of Allah and Allah will teach you. Have taqwa or God consciousness and you will learn from the book. Inner and outer. Allah says in the Holy Quran, I will show you the signs inside of yourself and the signs on the horizon until you know that I align the truth. I hope that answered the question. Yes, it did, yes. Um, because, you know, because the question was uh, um, why it's called the old religion as well as the ancient, as well as ancient tradition. And you stated that uh, if you reestablish the original Islam as far as um, Sufism, Sufism is trying to reestablish the original Islam. Correct? Mm-hmm. It's the ancient because it's the original Islam that the Prophet Muhammad had taught. And not this. I tell people right now on TV and in the media, you don't see Islam, you see Islam. Do you see some people screaming and running and doing some dumb ish on TV? That's not Islam, that's Islam. Most of those Arabs ain't got no Islam, they got Islam. One guy said, how come you never see an old suicide bomber? There's always some young guys. There <laughs> are a lot of protectors from those, those fools. Because Islam cannot act in aggression. Right now, I'll tell you, on this blog talk, anybody who sees any person doing acts of aggression and killing innocent people, that person is outside of Islam. Do not even put them in our family. Those people are not Muslims. They're outside of Islam. Because Islam only fights in self-defense. There are no acts of aggression sanctioned by Islam. So whoever said that, he wasn't a shake. He was shake and bake. <laughs> shake and bake, they made a mistake. Because <laughs> that doctrine of aggression and violence is nowhere in the Quran. And nowhere in the same of Prophet Muhammad can you find anything to validate these actions of these people who are hijacking Islam. That's Islam. That's not Islam. And to build with that, the brothers that came over from um, Egypt in 1882 and 80, between 1882 and 83 that taught um, Nobu Ali's parents. They stated that when they got to the West, they they saw they saw um, Islam with no Muslims. But then when they went back to the East, it was Muslims with no Islam. Okay, yeah, yeah. I met a taxi driver. I live in Philadelphia. I met a taxi driver from Egypt. Now he's from Egypt. He said he said, brother, I didn't see no Islam until I came to America. I said, what? He said, in my country, Egypt, he said, I didn't see Islam. He said, I didn't see Islam until I came to America. But for everything from Egypt to say that was profound. And we're witnessing that. You know, there's all types of things, different scenarios that's taking place in this. America, America, Mexico, that. 
vouchers that um, Islam is being practiced, and, and we don't even know we're practicing it by opening the door, revolving door type uh, thing. You know, one person opening the door is going to lead to another person opening that door, and it might be the most racist cat, you know what I'm saying? But he got, if I open that door for him, and then he walks in, he's going to be like, wow. So the next time he has the opportunity, he may just open the door for a sister or a, a brother. And then next thing you know, that yeah. brother, sister, you know what I'm saying, that revolving door. So we, we practice it. Mm-hmm. So give thanks. That's uh, that's beautiful. Once again, we're going to get to the next question. The next question. Oh, yeah. This is, I, this is the one I, I really want to I'm going to have to get a clean page right here for this one. Um, how important is the power of love to the mystical seeker of truth or the past speaker? Oh, man. Love is the whole path. I mean, when I first got to my sixth house in 1996, the sixth said two things to me. When I got to this house in Senegal, the first thing the sixth said was, as soon as you step foot in my house, Allah has to begin to bless you. The second thing the Sheikh was, the second thing the Sheikh said was, the only one closer to Allah than you is the one who loves Allah more than you. The Sheikh said, the only one closer to Allah than you is the one who loves Allah more than you. So that was the whole teaching. Love of Allah is the, the essence of the Sufi path. There's no Sufism without love. Without love, that you might as well forget it. Our Sufi order, in fact, is based on an ancient triangle. The pyramid and triangle in our order is based off the three principles of love, work, and knowledge. The Sufi path starts with love of Allah, work for Allah, and knowledge that comes directly from Allah. That is the triangle in our order. Our order is based on the triangle of love, Work and knowledge. Love of Allah leads you to do service and work for Allah. In the work and service for Allah, Allah will give you divine knowledge in the form of light directed to your heart. When you receive that divine light of Allah in your heart, that's going to increase your love for Allah. When your love increases, that's going to make you want to do more work and service for Allah. When you do more work and service for Allah, your heart, your heart will open and receive the light again, and in that light will be knowledge. So that's the divine triangle of our order, love, work, and knowledge. And the first principle is love. Without love, then you have nothing in our order. Nothing. Without love, then, it's like we, you was mentioning with the kid, Zyker, um, we practice Zyker, and we work, or we have to do the work. So Zyker is the love, and it brings about the intent to to have the will or the willpower to work. Because willpower is basically just the yeah. So the love of our lives is too. And that when that brings about the knowledge. So when we when we work, we we actually gain the information or we gain the insights and the the intuitive nature of, of who and what we are basically in a lot. Mm-hmm. Through love, work and knowledge. And I was like, you know, I got all that right here, you know, putting it down. In reality, only the mystics know love. Only the mystics, the mystics of the different past are the ones who know love. 
Because love and Allah are one of the same. In the in the path, we say we have love, the lover, and Allah is the beloved. Love, lover, and beloved. Now, the lover reunites his beloved through the bond of love. But in love, there's no time and no space and no distance. So in love and Allah, you'll cut the distance to be beyond time and space because when you're dealing with love, you're dealing with a concept that's not limited by time and space. And one of Allah's names is Awadu. Awadu is the name that means that Allah is love. So the closest human attribute to Allah that we can know is love. And so the Sufi travels on the vehicle of love to the beloved who is, in fact, a manifestation of love. One metaphysical principle is saying that the love you have for Allah is really Allah loving himself through you. Let me say that again because I see the book on your face like, what? Yeah. <laughs> the love that you have, I see you, I see you. The love that you have for Allah is not you. Only Allah can love Allah. Only God can love God. So the love that the Sufi has is Allah loving himself through the vehicle of the lover. Because only Allah can love Allah. So when Sheikh Amadou said the only one close to Allah is the one who loves Allah more than is the one who loves Allah more than you. He was in essence saying the only one that's closer to Allah is Allah. Mm, through the vehicle of love. Because when you're dealing with closeness, you got to remember, if you're dealing with closeness, you're dealing with two objects. One object is close to another. Well, in reality, you can never be close to Allah because in reality, you can never be separate from Allah. Because Allah is the only reality. So there's no two objects for one object to be close to another. But that is the human concept that we have, I'm close to God or I'm close to Allah. But in reality, you're never close to Allah because there's no two objects in the universe. There's only Allah, Allah, Allah. There's only Allah. And so that Allah is loving himself through the vehicle of the worshiper. Well, we get some clarity here tonight. That's a, well. Hey, good thanks to the brother. You're bringing it. You're bringing it. Um, I'm enjoying every moment. We're going to get to the next question. Um, and if there are any questions from uh audience, the number to call in is uh, the guest. For the guest is 626-414-3535. If you have any questions, uh, also, okay. Okay. Wait, uh, 267, did you have a question? Echo 267. Next. All right, get back to the next question. You want to please? The next question is, um, is it safe to say the mystical Sufism corresponds to inner alchemy or otherwise the transmutation of the lower states of physical awareness 
to the high states of mind consciousness. <laughs> Next question, <laughs> Of course. I think you've answered that a few times. To be like, uh, is the inner alchemy. The outer alchemy is turning base metals to gold. The real alchemy is turning man's qualities into God's qualities. The real alchemy is turning your human qualities into the nine nine names of Allah. That's the real alchemy. Outer alchemy, how can I turn copper or silver or some base metals into gold? That is all allegorical for the transmutation of the human qualities into the divine qualities of Allah. And in Arabic, they have two words for that. They call that tahali and tahali. Tahali and tahali. Tahali is the removal of all bad qualities and all bad character traits. And top, no, I just messed it up. Tahali with a K is the removal of all bad traits. Tahali with an H is the manifestation of the nine nine names of Allah within yourself. So this is the alchemy. The, the alchemical path is the Sufi path because it deals with the transformation of the base qualities of the human being into the divine qualities of Allah. So that's the real alchemy. Yes, this is the optimal path. So when one is walking in the, the way of the Sufi, they are um, they are basically transmuting that lower state of consciousness or awareness of the physical plane, five senses, and utilizing five senses properly to be able to gain access to the to the higher states of uh, consciousness or mind consciousness by by conquering those senses somewhat. Exactly. Exactly. And the transformative uh, philosopher's stone, so to speak, is the prayers and zikrs that the Sufis use. The prayer and the zikr is the elixir for immortality. The prayer and the zikr is the elixir for immortality. Because the Sufis say, say Allah until you become what you are saying. Say la ilaha illallah until you become la ilaha illallah. Recite your prayers until you become your prayers. Become the Sheikh. Become Muhammad. Become the manifestation of the nine nine names of Allah in human form. Become that which you were before the allegorical fall of man. That high state of oneness that we had. The Sufi path is a reclamation of the original state of oneness that we had with Allah before the allegorical fall of Adam. The names that we recite, the seven names of Allah that we use in our in our order, the Kasai and Sheikh Abdullah that we recite, the Sindhi, Muhammad Nasi, Mabatio Bishri, Atma Kabalil, Sufatu, Mukadimasu Kitma, Desfukula, Duibzumalaki, all of these prayers from Sheikh Abdullah are alchemical prayers because they transform the soul and purify the darkness of the soul and transform your being back into the light form that you were before you came to your mother's womb. That, that um, reiterates what you were saying earlier on the darkness that resides within and the light 
uh, coming coming through in uh, somewhere like uh, Fet Haru in battle as far as the comedic uh, lore is concerned. Fet, you know, being darkness and Haru being light. And when that light infuses into the darkness, it reawakens a sword. And um, the father comes yeah. back to the front, the forefront. And that that's like that's the Godhead, you know what I'm saying? So that that's uh that corresponds to what you were just saying. You know, the prayer and the vicar. Vicar being the same as the haiku, the power words or the mantra like you were saying. And it you know, it brings in that light to that to that dead state, that, that dark state of of awareness in the physical sense. Like well we also you uh, mentioned if you have we die on the cross. Those cross the cross it all it also represents um fire, air, water, and earth for fundamental modalities of the physical plane. And when we die on that plane, it rides back to spirit as we, um, as Jesus or Yeshua, descends off the cross or ascends off the cross and, and regains his, uh, the attribute of his higher self within um, that plane of awareness and consciousness outside of the fire, air, water, and earth, the fire, air, water, and earth being that mm-hmm. physical body. It's, it's starting to, like I'm saying, it's starting to make more. Everything is, is all one, and you know, what I'm saying we we can't separate that. When we put things into a category, like I, I always mention, we got you know, we got a Saint Bernard, we got a, a, a pit bull over here, a cocker spaniel, and we, we oh no, don't put that dog over. But at the same time, it's, it's still a dog. We got all these different trees, maple tree, oak tree, but they're, they're still trees. And we, we tend to want to separate it from being what it is. All things exist together as one. But in our separatism of our mind or our brain and how we look at external values of certain qualities and have, have they have certain qualities, we determine it by name, which is fine and cool and daddy and everything, but still it is what it is. It's still a dog. It's still a canine. You know, it, you yeah, know. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, all things work together. All right, the next question. And that was a good answer right there. That one, Tahali and Takali. I'm like I said, I'm taking notes as we go. I'm learning I'm a student, you know what I mean? I'm a student of life, and I get thanks for um for you being here and, and you, you know, putting some of this, putting this information out. Oh, yeah. We need to get this information out because it's unknown in the West. People talk about Sufis like it's the Loch Ness Monster or Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. I go places and I tell people my name is Sufi. they like, Sufi? Like a real Sufi? What they ask me, have you ever heard, do you know what a soupy is? I said, no, nah, I just found this name online. Like, <laughs> people be, like, amazed, like, your name is soupy, like an ancient soupy, like, you just came out the forest like Bigfoot. They be looking at me like I'm, like, the longest mouth or something. <laughs> like, you a real soupy? Like, really? <laughs> so, you got to get the answer yeah, from your chest. We need to get these people. True indeed, true indeed, and that's that's what we're here for, and that's what you're doing. That's what you're doing right now, and you know, it, it, it's going to it's going to definitely give assistance to those that are looking for that that avenue of assistance in, inside of their walk. Because I know everything that I've gained from from the master teachers out here has had some type of value 
And this right here, you a master teacher, you are definitely bringing some jewels to the table right now that are precious, some precious stones. So everybody out there that's just picking up on this information, please take heed and and do utilize it in your life. Because I, I, I've only, I've I studied Sufism, but haven't practiced it until I met this brother. And I'm, I'm not even saying I'm practicing it. In the, in the correct manner that it should be, but I'm I'm, go, I'm getting into it more so now, and I've studied it for a few years. Yet, when the brother came through and, and I saw his demeanor and I saw the way the, the, his uh, personality and, and the light, basically just the light that's shining from him, I was like, whoa, now. That was a That was a Oh, that's what that was. That was just was beaming off the forehead like that. <laughs> you, you just first step from the store, don't you? <laughs> With that, no doubt. Um, we're gonna get to the next question because I, I'm gonna be honest. Um, my boss lady's sister. I, I'm a, I'm still on the job right now, and, and uh, she called me. She she wanted me to come back in to work. Because I, I can't, I stepped out of work for a few minutes to get get right, not get things. Because I'm trying to tell you, it was a hectic day to get this prepared. I had everything planned out to be at work and do this, and for some reason the internet shut down at the job site. So, and I, I work at a group home. So when I get, I, I got everything set up, all my computers right and everything. Got the camera, then stay no offline. You know, no deal. You're you're not going to be able to do. It. So I had to pack up everything, come back to the house, got to the house. How about the internet down here too? <laughs> I'm like, what's what's going on? So you know, I, I took, that's when I took that breath, the initial inner smile, calmed down a little bit, got on the phone, and I got the internet back working and everything. So good thing. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to work in a few minutes. We're gonna get all these questions in though, and uh, we're 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 right here at this question. Matter of fact, I ain't, I ain't worried about it. I get fired. That's my sister. She can't fire me. What time you got to be back? Well, it, 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 I don't have to be back at the same time. My son is, is filling in right now for me, but he got school tomorrow and everything. So he good. It's just that it's getting late, and um, he he really need to get back to um back home to get some rest in. And she just want she just want probably just want clarity. Just want to make sure. What time will come through. But we're gonna get these these last two questions in. It's like three more questions and um and and then and then it'd be what it'd be. No rush. No. The supreme obstacle for a human being. This question is, is very very uh something I I would like to have a you know, a, a good conclusion to as well. Um but the supreme obstacle for a human being is her his ego. Can you, um, Brother Sufi, explain how confident the superimposed personality formed by worldviews is a high regard in obtaining the unification of man and the divine? As we said earlier, the ego is one of the worst enemies of of the self. Uh, we refer to that in Arabic as the mass. Remember, we have four enemies. One of them is the lower self, which gives you a false sense of personality, and then you have the shaitan. Now, the shaitan is an outer enemy 
and the lower self or the ego and the man is the inner enemy. And the Prophet Muhammad went so far as to say, the lower self on the inside, the adversary is the seventy devils on the outside. Turn your hips a little bit more with your feet. So you think you got the form, but the people are telling you you ain't got it. Mm-hmm. So that's why you got to have a, a master who can look at you and tell you which way to go and help you to correct your errors because it's hard for you to see yourself. And that's another reason why uh, the Prophet Muhammad said marriage is passing Islam because it's the wife or the husband who can help the person see themselves. I might think I'm generous and giving until I get married. <laughs> And then I don't want to share what I have with my wife. I'll do it for you, Mr. Bachelor. <laughs> so it's, it's a, 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 a teaching that says to become perfect, you must see perfection. To become perfect, you must see perfection. If you want to be a perfected being, you must set eyes on a perfected being so that you can say that perfection is possible. I have seen a perfected being named Serene Salihu and named Sheikh Murtala Ndaki. And so I know that the, the concept of the perfectibility of the human being is possible because I have seen at least two perfected beings in my life. So to overcome the lower self, you should find a person who has already overcome the sense of ego and the sense of self and the false personality. And by learning the true self and the reality from a living master, you can come outside of this false idea of who you think you are. Lost words right there. That that was powerful. That was very powerful. Next question now. We'll go to the next question is, what are some of the similarities of the Tao in terms of Taoism when pertaining to yin and yang in comparison to mystical Sufism and the uniting or balancing of complementary um, opposites as one? Yeah, what you see in the yin and yang, uh, masculine and feminine principles in Tao, you find that exact same concept in the prayer of the Sufi, which is la, ilaha, illallah. Allah has seven principles, but it's the unity of the masculine and feminine principles. When you're dealing with the genderless form, you're dealing with the name who. Who is genderless? When that who manifests on the physical plane, it comes from Allah to la ilaha illallah. And la ilaha is the yin aspect of the prayer or the feminine energy. La ilaha is a negation, and the negation is the feminine principle. Or the yin. Illallah is an affirmation that only Allah is worthy of worship, and that affirmation is the yang of the prayer. So in La Ilaha, Illallah, you have the masculine and feminine principles of divinity or the yin and yang principles in the universe found in the La Ilaha, which is a negation, none exists. Illallah is an affirmation, a yang energy saying Allah is real. So the very principle of our zikr is 
in accordance with the yin and yang principle of Taoism. And then in the Taoist text it says the name that can be named is not the eternal name. This is a very high principle. The name that can be named is not the eternal name. So in Sufism we say Allah has 99 names and Allah has a 100 names that no one knows. And were you to know that name, you would have the power of kum by kum, or you would be able to speak things into existence just by knowing that one uh, hidden name of Allah, because the name that should be named is not the eternal name. The hidden name of Allah is the 100th name, and that is the name of the power, or the kutra, or the kum by kum. And that hidden name of Allah is inside the heart of every human being. So the Sufis say there are as many paths to God as there are people. There are as many paths to Allah as there are people. And remember, you're only one breath away from God. You're only one breath away from Allah. There are as many paths to Allah as there are people. And the pathway is individualized for each seeker. The pathway is individualized for each seeker. My teacher Farmer told me, my teacher Farmer said, Abdullah, you will find your realization under the guidance of the shape. But he said, the way the shape got his realization will not be the exact same way that you get your realization. Allah will have to open a path to you under the umbrella of the shape. For you to have your own experience with Allah, and it will be an individualized path that Allah will give you directly. So there's as many paths to Allah as there are people. And, every, and everyone's path is, in essence, going to be different as far as the game Everyone's path is going to be different. It's like, imagine this you go to uh, Taco Bell. They got all the same ingredients, but one, they take the same ingredients to make a taco, and they take the same ingredients to make a burrito, and they take the same ingredients to make an enchilada. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's the same ingredients. Same. That's how it was at the mm-hmm. Everybody got the same principles and the same tools. But you look at from the outside, you say that's a burrito. The next time I say that's a taco, the next time I say that's an enchilada. But the minute it comes and say, man, that ain't nothing to beat.
they're not ever going to be able to. I can't do it like that. I try my best to do it like my teacher, my instructor. But he said my uniqueness, though, mm-hmm. is my form. It's the way I do it. And no one will be able to grasp it the way I do it. And he doesn't complain about it. But like you said earlier, I do get critiqued because sometimes that knee might go the wrong way to put my, you know what I'm saying, but in the same breath, is is our personality and is our truth, is our understanding and how we are, are gaining uh, a unique type of uh, knowledge from, from what we're learning and the way we do it. I'm going to lie. It's beautiful. We're going to get to this. Uh, this I'm, uh, you probably answered this question. What is the case Zyker? So the um, last question is, how important is Zyker to the mystical aspirant's journey on the path? Uh, uh, Zyker is the foundational way where the Sufi master Rumi, he says the Sufi is one that has a daily practice. So you must have a daily vicar practice, a daily practice. The enemies we are up against, the lower self, the shaitan, the dunya, materialism, the enemies we are up against do not take a day off. So if these adversaries on the spiritual path don't take a break, then the child of the past cannot sit down and put his sword and vicar down. You must always continuously do a daily practice of prayer and zikr and meditation because these are the weapons that defeat the inner enemy of self. And one day off, can re- you never know the, the, the ramifications of one day without prayer because uh, you're building up momentum in the spiritual world. There is such a thing as spiritual momentum. This as a snowball rolling downhill would pick up more snow as it rolls downhill. The spiritual practitioner is traveling through the spiritual world, and every day they're gaining more life. And a day without practice could be the retardation of that life, and you don't know how many days you might lose from one day off. So the vigor is every day. It's every day. It should become second nature. Prophet said in one thing, he said, you should remember a line to the people who say you're crazy. Remember a line to the people who say, this guy is cut, he's mad noon. Because it says in the Holy Quran, this is Allah Akbar. In the Quran, Allah says, the remembrance of Allah is the greatest. So when you ask how important is the vicar, and some Sufi orders, when you take initiation, they give you a weird. A weird is a litany or a certain, a certain group of vicars that you say every day. If you join some, some Sufi orders, they give you the, the, the vicars of that order, and they say if you stop doing the vicar, you're out of the order. If you stop doing the vicar, you're out of the order. We don't have that concept in our way, but in most of the other Sufi orders, the other parikas, if you leave the weird, then they say you left the order. If you stop doing the litany, so you stop doing the recitations of the vicar that the saint gave you, then they say you have left the order. But our order is not like that. So the vicar is all important. The daily practice. And um. 
Well, I'm not going to go into any stories, but I, I do know what you mean. As I mentioned earlier, I've just, I'm starting to, uh, to really participate with uh, the practice of, of the daily meditation as far as the chance of his concern or the, the, the zikr's concern in relation to Sufism. I, but, I, you know, I meditate, I've been meditating for a while and, you know, doing, doing deep breathing exercises as well. Yet, when I have taken days off and then, you know, like you said, you're building that light. And when I take in those days, I sometimes it'll be a week or something. I might just just not feel it. There's something going on in life, you know how I get. And I see that snowball coming down that hill, just gaining momentum. I'm like, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. And that's when I go back to the muscle memory. I go right back to where I was before and get back mm-hmm. to that meditative state. And it's sort of like it puts up that it puts up a, a like a blockage or some type of a shield, you know what I'm saying? Where that that snowball, I seen coming and things were happening, but that big snowball, the ones that accumulated all that extra, uh, you know, strength and power or whatever that could take me on up out, it just it get blocked and it's destroyed by that wall. And I and I noticed that in life, and that's uh, it, it, you you're very right. That you know, practicing day to day and sticking to your gun. Right. You have to. You have to practice every day. Every day. Because the adversary, imagine you going into a battle with a shotgun and after you just took your sword down. You can't do that and expect to win in a battle. It says in the Holy Quran that the Shaitan is the avowed enemy of man. That means that the Shaitan, Old Belah, took a vow to try to bring us down. People think that God is the devil of fight. That's not true. The devil is fighting with man, not with Allah. Since that adversary does not take a day off, the spiritual practitioner cannot take a day off. And as we uh, look at in the editorial extent, it's all one day. Oh my God! Don't even start. There's <laughs> only one day. One day is a lot. It's like a thousand earthly years. So we just babies. If one day is a lot, like a thousand earthly years, we all babies in this. They say it's not your child till you turn forty. So I'm only a few years old. Uh, I have one question for uh, close out. You, the, when we, on I said when we first started, um, when we first started building, you stated that your mother was in the metaphysics and that um, you were, you were allowing your ego to get in the way or something like that. Oh no, you didn't notice that she had, she had stated that you, uh, no, you had said to her that you knew God. And she said, don't let it get to your ego or your head. And she said, the ego is what again? EGO? The ego means to ease God out. E-G-O, ease God out. The ego or the false personality is one of the last barriers to go. So when you go through now on a process of death, or death before dying, it's the death of that ego that must die. The concept of who you are 
has to be totally overhauled. Because you are not the physical body. You are not the five senses. You are not the outer complexion. You are, in fact, a form of life inhabiting the cavity of your heart. But the people are not attuned to the life that they actually are. We look in the mirror at the outer form and say, that's me. But the inner form is a life, and that light is one with Allah, and that light will leave the body, and they will put the physical body in the ground as soon as that light leaves the body. Now you see me over here. Oh, um, yeah. I had to put this right here. I want to give a few. I have a blog at 786-2Wisdom.com. I'm going to call you in one second. Okay. Peace and Peace and everyone. Y'all have a blessed night. Peace, prosperity, protection, and good health. And we'll close out with this right here. Top of freedom. Get thanks. Peace. Yeah. H-E-D. Above the dome. Trap of freedom, the family, tradition, heritage, the missing links, spiritual miracles, the awakenings, the walking sphinx, it's time to eat, food for thought, the metamagician, holy rainwater flows off my altar, channel through the seasons, elevate the reasons, what's the purpose of life to the living, death to the conscious, at the end of days, clash of the titans, Zombies running rampant, Christ in the pamper Looking for a lamp, revving at the church Plugging in the amp, rock of the ages Son of the undead vampire, immortal rage I bleed red ink on the page Words and truth, no signature Here's the blur from invisible literature Sitting at the dock of the base with Otis Having rituals, turn the lights off He can get real quick, sir Melting pot mix, I'm in search for a fix Walking backwards, looking forwards Patiently waiting, don't ignore it Holding two swords like peace signs aimed at your board Into flight, hawk eyesight, interdimensional terabytes, fuel for the journey, some lay a fuel for the gurney, colored in the book of law, no need for attorney, I turn the page, feel the script like a doctor coming out the cage, I'm the lion, fed grain, sticks and stones, no pain, a worker's only worth his gain, attempting to keep my inner sane, with lifestyle changes, high damn mountain plains, seven thoughts, Seven faults, no faults, who's to blame? It ain't the same, they take the names. I feel the sun, it ain't no fun.
run if the homie can't have none. I see you run like Hussein like none. It seems frightening, exciting. I go with streaming lightning. I'm the nigga and Loki at night. Peace.